You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. How are you doing, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to the Great British Chiefs Show with myself, our headlines editor, Tom Charles. On this week's show, we're going to be going over the grim watch that was the Chiefs' ugly loss to the Tennessee Titans. We'll also be looking at the Arrowhead Pride power rankings. And then finally, a small preview of Monday Night Football's game against the Giants. But first, some of you might have noticed that I'm not actually Brad Simcox. Brad's not here today because he can afford to go on an expensive holiday during half term when the kids are on holidays. So we've had to bring in someone different this week. So I'd like to welcome to the Great British Chief Show for the first time, Rocky Magana, the Arrowhead Pride contributor. How are you doing, Rocky? Oh, doing good. You guys are just really scraping the bottom of the barrel to pull me in, huh? <laughs> I wouldn't call it that. I wouldn't call it like that. No. Admittedly, when <laughs> Brad told me that he was going on an expensive holiday for half term and he couldn't do this podcast, I was like, who can I get in? I thought I'd ring Daniel Craig. He said no. I thought I'd call the Queen, but she's ill because, you know, all British people know who know the Queen personally. So uh, we tried we tried getting a British person on. But no, I'm happy to have you here, Rocky. I'm hoping that we can be like the best Anglo-American duo since Meghan and Harry. I think so. I mean, you're the more attractive one. So I, I look more like Harry and you look more, more like Meghan, but we'll go with it. <laughs> like, what's your view on the Royals? We might as well talk about the Royals because apparently we all love them over here. So uh, are you a Royalist yourself? Because I'm certainly not. So, you know, as an American, you know, you're born into thinking 100%, you know, and, you know, tear down the monarchy, you know, we're, we're revolutionaries <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, honestly speaking, though, you grow up watching all these movies about kings and kingdoms and you know king arthur and everything and if you travel a little bit you're like there's a little bit of romanticism to the monarchy you know with the with the history and the tradition and that being said it's 2021 and some of the stuff is outdated but no i like the monarchy i got no problem with them i like i like prince harry especially he's a he's a bit of a party animal he gets he has some fun yeah but um prince harry's not actually a royal don't don't say that out loud <laughs> oh yeah that's right i forgot he's not a royal anymore okay yeah um yeah so um let's go ahead to the the game the Tennessee Titans first of all Chiefs Kingdom if you make it through 60 minutes of me hosting the podcast then you've done really really well because Brad is the professional here um the Chiefs obviously went into Nashville on Sunday and I think it's fair to say that we were all guilty of believing that the Chiefs were going to bounce back after a great second half against the Washington football team but it wasn't to be that she went into Tennessee and got battered, losing 27 to three. If I'm going to go straight off the bat, what was the most disappointing and surprising thing about Sunday's game? I mean, the fact that you're able to limit Derrick Henry, you know, and then you still get blown out, you know. Yeah. Right off the bat, they just go, they march straight down the field. And you think if you can stop the running attack, that you stand a chance, but then their passing attack just shreds you. And just, mm-hmm. I mean, they just stomped right on you. Any hope was just destroyed right from the get-go. 
Yeah, it's a funny one because like we sat here last week, Brad and I, and we were talking about stopping Derek Henry and how it was the BO and Nendo of that game plan. And if the Chiefs managed to do it, then they stood a good chance of winning. But that was reliant on the Chiefs cornerbacks being able to like hold up against the the Titans passing attack. But it just wasn't the case. Like we made Ryan Tannehill look like Tom Brady at times and we made AJ Brown look like Randy Moss. It's like it was like the 2007 Patriots watching them. Like I thought the corners could have probably played better and probably should have. I question why Mike Hughes was in there. Um, yeah. I I personally would have preferred to have Rashad Fenton in from the start. Obviously, I understand bringing Traverius Ward back in. He's the star. He's the guy that's got you there. He's been there for a number of years now and played well. But when you've got three cornerbacks on the field, like I was surprised it was Snead, Ward, and Hughes and not Fenton. Um, Ward and Sneak because they did look better when Fenton come into the game later on. Yeah, I mean if you if you watch the way Fenton plays too, he plays aggressive with a chip on his shoulder. He's a guy mm-hmm. who I think he's he's determined, almost like Sneed was last year, to kind of make his mark and make his yeah. name for himself on the team. Um, if you look at his stats and his like PFF rating, he's far and away the best defensive back the Chiefs have right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fact that he wasn't in the game, I mean. But, you know, one thing that I thought was a, a point of emphasis is that the Chiefs needed to get out to a fast start. And the Chiefs, Andy Reid likes to defer to the second half, but he he chose to defer on this one. I thought we should have received. You know, if you can get yeah. up 7-0 on the Titans and then make them, you know, try to play from behind, I thought that was important. We didn't do it, and, you know, it happened. You've actually nicked one of my points there. I was going to make this further down the road about a p- potential tactical change for the uh, the Chiefs going forward. And I think it's something the Chiefs should probably adopt going forward from now on is taking the ball, if a, if at all possible. Before, before we get into that, by the way, how unbelievably lucky are the Chiefs with coin tosses, by the way? They seem to win every single way. Like you turn on the broadcast and it's, ah, oh, the Chiefs have won the coin toss and they elected to defer. Like seriously, Andy Reid or whoever the captain is needs to get themselves into a casino and just put like loads of money <laughs> on red because they would win every single time. But um, back to the actual point. Yeah, let's, let's end defer because if the Chiefs, come out on defence first out of their own choosing and then the other team just marches down the field and scores seven points relatively easily, you're automatically putting the Chiefs in a hole, starting the game off on a negative. So why can't we just put our best foot forward and start rolling with the offence first, regardless of the opponent? Let's put the other team in that negative spiral to begin with. If the Chiefs don't come out and score on their first drive, then fair enough, the other team have probably done something really well and deserved deserved it. But chances are, the way this Chiefs offence can play and has played for 75% of this season, they are going to go out and get points on the board. So I do think there needs to be a slight tactical mindset because when it doesn't work out, the whole deferring, it's really, it really can be quite disastrous. Like, like Look at the, the Chiefs in that two-minute drill on Sunday. Like They had a, they were, had a chance to score before the half and after the half, and it would have made it a 10-point game. And what happened? I think I think was that the one where Mahomes fumbled the ball and we lost yeah. it, and then we're still twenty four nil down, and then we come out the half, we don't score points out the drive. It's just it doesn't always work out. So why not just go for it and let our offense do their thing first? Well, especially when you're playing a team like the Titans, where when is Derrick Henry going to be the most effective when they're playing from in front? Mm-hmm. So why are you giving them the opportunity to play to their strength right off the bat? You know. I mean, you you gave them the advantage on the very first drive by letting them go down and score and take the lead. 
even though Derrick Henry was limited, you had to pay extra attention and pack the box, which made their passing attack more effective because they because they could run the ball with Derrick Henry yeah. if they wanted to. They chose yeah. not to. We we act like like we limited Derrick Henry and we shut him down. Yeah, we held him to three yards of carry, but they didn't really care because yeah. they could just pass the ball to the top because we had to pack the box because we were playing from behind. Exactly. And running back Twitter, anti-running back Twitter will make it seem like the running backs don't matter because Derek Henry wasn't effective. He was highly effective because of what you're saying, because the Chiefs had to give him so much attention. And until the Chiefs can prove that they can defend the run with a lighter box or even just like six or seven guys, then teams are going to continue to take advantage of matchups because they're all over the sh- they're everywhere to be had for opposing offenses at the moment. It's quite depressing. Overall, do you think we should read into the second half of the, the performance from the defense? I think the Titans just took their foot off the pedal personally, or gas as you would say. Yeah, I don't think you can read anything into it anymore that you can read anything against the second half against Washington. Yeah, we they're two different halves because one was against was against a superior, a much inferior team in mm-hmm. the Washington Redskins. But that second half against Washington was fool's gold. They weren't as good as they seemed there. And yeah. Titans weren't as bad as they seemed in the second half against us. I don't I think that whole second half, you can't take anything from it. Because guess what? You gave up what twenty was it twenty seven points in the first half? Mm-hmm. Your the game was already over. You know, yeah. like you were on pace to giving up 52. It's, it's, I don't care what you did in the second half. Your, your first half was so bad that it doesn't matter. Exactly. The Chiefs now rank 29th in points allowed this season. But had the Titans just scored like a single touchdown on, in that second half, then we would have been dead last at the moment. So it's, it's not good at all. Where does the defense go from here? How can it get better going forward? Is there anything that can be done right now? Uh, I mean, aside from adding a player or two, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, honestly, they're they have they have two quality linebackers right now. It seems like in Nick Bolton and Willie Gay, and then that third person is going to be Ben Neiman, or you put Hitchens back on the field, and neither one of those right now are good are good solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you'd start with putting Bolton in at the mic, and you start with putting Fenton on the outside. And you roll with Thornhill and Matthew in the back end, and you just go from there. What about the D line? Like, I, I, surely the Chris Jones experiment has to end now because, like, Jaron Reed's not getting it done on the inside. Um, like, Derek Nardi's slowly but surely getting back to health. Turk Wharton's had flashes. Colin Saunders had flashes, but we're seeing absolutely nothing from Jaron Reed this season at all. What, $9 million he's going to earn this year? And I think it'd be the last uh, dollars that he earns as a Kansas City Chief, that is for sure. So maybe kick Chris Jones back inside. But if we do that, who plays outside? Mike Dana on a full-time role? I mean, that's what you're saying. I know, because that's the problem with kicking Chris Jones back, back inside is that, yeah, those guys have had splashes. But when we talk about splashes, we're talking about maybe five combined plays from all of them on the course of the year. <laughs> and the rest of the plays, they're just horrible, you know? Yeah. So, so you, okay, so we have five great plays out of them. But, I mean, it's there's nobody on the outside. There's nobody you on the sound, outside. Sorry, Rocky. You like This is the first time we've ever ch- chatted. Now, I really wish we were talking and meeting for the first time in a different scenario because you just sound so beat up, man. I, I don't know if this is your normal <laughs> demeanor, but you just sound like you're just ready to give up. 
<laughs> never, 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 never. <laughs> I mean, in in 2012, I went to every single Chiefs home game, and I literally spent 25% of my earnings that year going to Chiefs games. Wow. That was, that was the low point as a Chiefs fan for me. I mean, I've been through the pits, and we've been to the highs, and it's – now I love this team no matter what. But, <laughs> I mean – you also got to be honest about the state of the franchise right now. And I think that we're in a, anytime you got Mahomes and Reed, you're in a good spot. Like we're going to come through this, but this season, the roster's in a rough spot, rough spot. And you just got to be honest about it. Yeah. Were you a paper bag jobby on the head? Did you get that plane for Scott Pioli? Was that you? <laughs> no, I didn't get that plane for uh, Scott Pioli, but I definitely, um, I, I actually, there's a famous, uh, and between my friends where I got blocked by Brandon flowers because when uh, Brandon Carr got his big contract with the Cowboys, I may have tweeted at, at Brandon flowers that I wanted all my money back. I spent for the year and he blocked <laughs> oh, me yeah. and he blocked me. Um, I recently checked out. I'm no longer blocked. So maybe it's let bygones be bygones. And if Brandon flowers ever hears this, I'm sorry for my younger Rocky McGod. Yes. You know, angry Twitter ram- rampage when I, <laughs> was making like $23,000 a year and spending all my money on cheese games. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know, actually, Brandon Flowers, I think he lives in London right now. Does he? Yeah, I think he does. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I'm actually going to a killer's gig in next year. So I'm, I'm tempted. I've got I've got a Brandon Flowers jersey upstairs. I might wear the Brandon Flowers jersey to a killer's gig and see if anyone gets yeah. confused by all the flowers going on. But, um, yeah, anyways, I digress. Um Let's turn to the offense because they had a part to play in this as well because the defense was bad, but we've come to expect that from the defense now. Offensively, we just couldn't get anything going against the Titans. We expected the Titans to pretty much lay down and let the Chiefs pass all over them after they lost so many members of their secondary uh, before the game, but it wasn't the case. The, The Titans done what every team seems to do against the Chiefs in the moment is rush with four, drop seven into coverage, make sure that Tyreek Hill can't beat him over the top, and then just try and manhandle everyone underneath and see what they can get away with. And it's exactly what they did get away with. Like, it's not to blame the referees, by the way. I'm not blaming the refs in any way, shape or form. But how long until we question the Chiefs and say, well, what are you going to do about this? Well, I mean, I think we've been questioning that wide receiver two spot, you know, for quite some time. And the questions continue because besides Tyreek Hill, nobody else can get see any green grass. And, mm-hmm. and you got, I, I don't think Travis Kelsey's right. I mean, he got banged up. We know this, but he yep. was still out there on the field, but he's obviously not 100% right now. Mahomes is pressing. Everybody knows that. So, I mean, it was, it was, a it was a bad game. I mean, and you're going to have these. And it's almost one of those games where you just take the tape and you bury it and you move on because there's no real positives to take mm-hmm. from this other than the fact that Mahomes did not get a concussion. That's yeah. the positive. Yeah. Where did you stand on that? Cause I, I I'm not going to lie. I like someone was tweeting saying, um, or oh, it was my old, my boys, our heads abroad. They were tweeting about taking like the stars out of the game with about 10 minutes left. And I quote tweeted it myself and said, don't do that. They're not playing well enough to deserve a rest. Like, like basically keep yeah. them in there. See if they can work, work something out. And then three minutes later, what happens? Mahomes gets decked um, in the legs and in the head, and he's on the floor. And all of a sudden, I felt like a bit of a silly bugger because uh, <laughs> what I tweeted three, three minutes before. Where, where do you stand on that? Should, should the Chiefs taken out the stars earlier, or is it just something? Uh, it's just some, an unfortunate event. 
No, I mean, I think they got to stay out there. I mean, yeah, you, you get played, you get paid to play the game, and just because you didn't play well, like you said, you shouldn't get to be taken out of the game. That being said, the moment that Mahomes got hit, even if he was okay, I was like, okay, tell, say that he was injured for the rest of the game, and just pull him out at that point yeah, to protect sure. Mahomes and, and use that shot as a uh, as an excuse to pull Mahomes, and that way he's not being benched or pulled out mm-hmm. of the game for performance. But for the rest of the players. I mean, leave them out there. Yeah, I mean, it's your bed. You got to lay in it. I mean, if I I I have a bad day, I don't just get to, you know, put my hand up and say, "Hey, take me out," you know. So (laughs) yeah, I've never actually likened um, football in that sense to real world life. Actually, I just imagine me at work. Oh yeah, just can't be bothered. I'm doing so badly that I'm I'm I just underperform every day. (laughs) It gets to like three o'clock or so. I'm having the worst day, boss. Well I, I have a I have an eight month old baby and he likes to wake up at four in the morning and he goes back down pretty easily. But imagine if like you know five minutes and me trying to put him back down, he wasn't going down. If I just put my hand up and just said, "Ah, oh, you know, this isn't working out for me right now. I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna walk away. I, I can't you cry I can't yourself to sleep. It's fine. Yeah. You can just cry yourself to sleep. <laughs> I've got that to come. I've got a new baby. I've got a new baby during four weeks' time, which um, should be fun. <laughs> so yeah. when I sound all tired on the podcast in about six or seven weeks' time, you know exactly why. If um, you're uh, listening to this, send Tom a case of Red Bull immediately <laughs> he will need it <laughs> um patrick mahomes you mentioned it a minute ago about him pressing is that the only thing that's wrong with him at the moment or do you think he's just in a rut i think he's trying to throw for seven points on every single play or even more so he's trying to come he's trying to throw a 14 point pass you know mm. each time and he's he's just got to he's got like you said you got to take what the defense gives you and just be patient. I think he feels like he has to be Michael Jordan out there on every single drive because mm-hmm. the defense is struggling to get stops. And if you look at it, his, his mistakes usually don't come within the first couple of drives. It's nice. once we're already down a couple of scores and he feels like if we don't score on this drive, then then it's done. Um, yeah. Obviously there's been the fluke interceptions and that stuff comes back to the, to the mean at some point, but I mean, I think that he just feels like the whole world's on his shoulders at this moment. Yeah, I would be inclined to agree. Like, I I struggle with jumping on Patrick Mahomes for, like, really, like, two bad games so far this season because he's been pretty good. Like, some of the turnovers are his fault, admittedly. But in general, he's been pretty okay with the ball. I, I sent you a stat before this show and it's from PFF about turnover worthy throws. You know, that stat that we all wanted to ignore last year is when they produced it to uh, anti Mahomes last year. We're like, it doesn't count well, this year. It's kind of working in his favor. They're saying that he's tied for 12th when it comes to turnover worthy throws. And that's like Rogers, Herbert Jackson, it's time with them guys. And everyone's saying how well they are playing. So maybe Mahomes is playing okay and being relatively safe with the football most of the time. He's just being unlucky because when his receivers are letting him down, they're they're ending in interceptions. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that we lump that we talk about Aaron Rodgers with that because if you remember Aaron Rodgers in 2019, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, put a fork in Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is yeah, yeah. you know he's fallen off. He's done all this stuff." Well, the fact of the matter was that in 2019 in Green Bay, on that roster, you had Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, and that was about it, yeah. right? I mean, so he was – he just like Mahomes is now, 
he was trying to do everything and trying to do too much. And it wasn't until he went back and looked at the film in the off season and said, I just got to play within the structure of the game a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then he's an MVP again, you know, and he's the toast of the town. So, I mean, I think that's where Mahomes is at. He's just trying to, he's kind of like Aaron Rodgers in 2019. What do you reckon Andy Reid can do to help him out in terms of the offense? Because at the moment, you were saying about like he's going for like 14 point plays every time. That must mean like that he have play he has players running vertically. That's what he's going for. That's what he wants. He wants the big play. Surely Andy Reid can start drawing up some stuff for players underneath. Like we all remember like Alex Smith making a living off checking down to Jamal Charles. Okay, granted Darrell. We- Williams isn't Jamal Charles, but he can still catch a football. So why can't we get him open? Why can't we get tight ends open underneath? Like, why does it have to be Travis Kelsey? Why can't it be Noah Gray? Why can't it be Daryl Williams? Why can't it be Byron Pringle? One of the receivers is actually playing quite well. And Mahomes seems to trust this year. He's like, whenever Byron Pringle seems to get any form of separation, Mahomes is slinging it to him. So why can't Andy Reid do something about the players that will contribute as opposed to focus on the players that don't contribute, the likes of McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think, you know, somebody else besides Alex Smith who kind of made a living on the short passing game, if you think about it early early on in Indianapolis, Peyton Manning used to just hit Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne mm-hmm. on slant pattern after slant pattern, yeah. you know, just quick hitters over the middle. And I don't think that Mahomes necessarily trusts Tyreek Hill's hands at the moment enough to try to go slant pattern, slant pattern yeah, every yeah. single time. He's had more than one of those that have popped up for interceptions. But somebody like Byron Pringle, you know, or a Jarek McKinnon, you know, who are pretty good, or in Daryl Williams, who are who have some pretty good hands out of the backfield, I think with the, some of those secondary receivers, um, you can start doing some of those more quick hitter plays, you know, right off the bat, especially if you're going to have defenses expecting the Chiefs to go vertically and, and play in softer coverage, mm-hmm. then then take that five yard pass and then get mm-hmm. three yards after the catch and you got to then set yourself up for a, a second and two, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And then obviously there's the other part of the offense, the forgotten part of the offense on Sunday night, the run game. Like this, this, this offensive line was built to run the football, right? Like I know originally when Brett Veach um, manufactured this offensive line, it was all about protecting Patrick Mahomes. But whether he done it uh, by accident or by design, he inadvertently created this really good run blocking offensive line, and we're not using them. Like, is it because Clyde Edwards-Helaire isn't in the game, or is it because he would just rather Patrick Mahomes throw the ball, or is it because? the Chiefs are getting down early and they feel like they have to pass their way out of a game. I know he mentioned it a little bit on Sunday about how they went to the pass too early and they should have they shouldn't have abandoned the run as early as they did. But are we going to see the Chiefs go back to power running like they did against like good teams last year? When it was the Buffalo Bills, we played on Monday Night Football and they were expected to match up well against the Chiefs. The Chiefs just ran all over them. Why can't we get back to that sort of plan? I, and this, I mean, sorry, I sorry to interrupt. And this has come from someone that said on this podcast, literally like five weeks ago after the Baltimore loss, saying stop handing the ball off, just let Patrick Mahomes run it. Like, uh, like let Patrick Mahomes throw it. And I admit that I was completely wrong. Like relying on Patrick Mahomes and his arm by itself is, I have now realised is a bad idea and it puts too much pressure on him. So maybe the Chiefs should kind of lean towards a run game potentially. Yeah, I think that... Andy Reid's hesitant to take the ball out of his best player's hands, you know, when, especially if he needs a big play. But like you said, this offensive line, you know, especially behind the, up the middle behind 
um, Thune, Humphrey, and Smith. I mean, they're they're built to to make holes. They made Daryl Williams in the second half against Washington. I mean, he looked like a Pro Bowl caliber running back, you know. <laughs> and I mean, he's I, I like Daryl Williams, but he's not a Pro Bowl caliber running back at this point in his career. And mm-hmm. and so yes, they should be running the ball more, especially to take some pressure off of Mahomes. Um, because when you have in the second half, when it seems like Mahomes is rushing the ball more than your running back, then you got a problem. Do you know what? I didn't realize I actually looked at the stats earlier for the, the game and yeah, Patrick Mahomes leading the team in rushing and uh, rushing attempts is just, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just mad. I just don't get it. I, I, I really don't just either let him pass or let him hand the ball off or let him pass short to a running back. Anyways, I've had enough of talking about that game because, like, I'm annoyed I had to talk about it anyway. I thought I was going to get the week off when Brad said he couldn't make it. And that's no offence to you. I just thought, great, this is the perfect game that I don't have to talk about. Brilliant. I don't have to re-watch any of it. And I, unfortunately, had to re-watch a little bit. But, so, let's take a break. And then when we get back, we'll talk about the power rankings, the AP power rankings, and then look ahead to Monday Night Football against the fans. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Great British Chief Show with myself, Tom Childs, and Rocky Magania. I'll pronounce it properly this time after our little interval and our quick chat. Um, let's have a quick look at the Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings, which you do hold a vote in. Unlike Brad, Brad never gets a vote, but you do hold a, a vote. So collectively, we, we dropped the Chiefs this week from 9th to 15th. I was harsh on the Chiefs. I admitted this on my little chat with Pete yesterday, which you can find on arrowheadpride.com, um, that I ranked the Chiefs 18th because right now I don't trust them against most teams, 17 other teams, in fact. So I, I had them at 18th. Where did you have them in yours? I think I actually had them 19th. Wow. My, it, was <laughs> okay. either 17, it was either 17 or 19 that I had them. Um, and then most of that is because at some point you are your record and if you start yeah. going down the list, and you start looking at teams that have better records, whether or not you think that they actually have more talented rosters is besides the point. Mm-hmm. You know, they've gone out on the field in one game, schedule aside. And so I'm not going to rank the Chiefs after that bad of a loss ahead of a team with a, who won on Sunday and has a winning record. So mm-hmm. by default, I think I made them one of the higher ranked three and four teams. But, yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to, you know, give them the spot that they didn't earn. No, yeah, you're right there. And you summed it up perfectly. Like early in the season when the Chiefs lost to the Baltimore Ravens, I think that was week two, wasn't it? And they were one and one. And we took a bit of heat for having the Chiefs still number two in the power rankings because um, they had a worse record than a lot of other teams. But at that point, you can kind of get away with it because we don't really know who the teams are in week two. But as you rightly said, here we are week seven and the Chiefs are just a bad football team. They have a lot of talent and on their day they can be as good as any team in this league 
But until they show us consistently that they can, or even just once it would be nice, that they can get to that sort of level, then they're going to continue to drop. And I'd like to think that this will be the floor for the Chiefs this year, but I would have said that at 10, but two weeks ago as well. I genuinely thought after the Washington game, the Chiefs were going to go up. After they went up to ninth, I thought that was it. The climb back to the top is is underway, but little did we know what was to follow. Um, looking at the other part of the rankings, you've got the Raiders now creeping around that top 10, just one spot outside. You've got the Chargers in the top 10. Are, are the Chiefs like that far behind in terms of their division? No, they're not. I mean, it's still within striking distance. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be tough for them to catch up to the Chargers. I think I mean the Chargers, you know, they have they don't have, they have a pretty easy sledding the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Um and so I don't know if I don't know if we're going to win the West. I mean, I think at this point right now we're we're kind of eyeballing a wild a wild card spot. Mm-hmm. This honestly maybe the second wild card spot to, to be honest. Second. Wow, I I think like again, another stat I sent you or a tweet I sent you before we started. Like we have the hardest schedule left for the rest of the season. It feels like we've had the hardest schedule already. In fact, we have had the hardest schedule already through seven weeks, and it stays just as hard. Like uh, our opponents have a, so far have a combined winning record of forty-one twenty-six for the next ten games. Like it's not getting any easier for the Chiefs. Yes, they're going to have potentially an easier week on Monday night. But after that, it gets really hard really quite quickly. And you're looking at a situation where the Chiefs are going to go into the bye week, most likely with a losing record. Like I I put it as headlines yesterday about the Chiefs missing out on the playoffs. And I, I think it's going to happen. I do. Yeah. I, I, I do sit here. I don't think the Chiefs are going to make the playoffs because I, I think the offense can turn it around. I do. I don't think they're going to stay bad for very long. I, I think Andy Reid and Mahomes will figure it out. I just cannot, for love nor money, trust this defense. I just, I just can't. I'm, I'm, I'm going back to the Titans game briefly here, but like the Chiefs couldn't even have a bad half offensively, and they were out of the game. Like the defense couldn't even hold up their end of the bargain for a half. A single half. And like everyone wants to get on at the offense, but they can't be great all the time. They are going to be bad from time uh, from time and again. It's it's just going to happen. And we're in a position now where if they're not great, the chances are the Chiefs are going to lose a game. And right now the Chiefs offense isn't great. So the defense aren't going to be the reason why the Chiefs get any wins. They're only going to be the reason why they get losses. Like, hand on heart, let's be honest, over the last three years, how many, how much of the Chiefs' success can we put down to the defence? I mean, not just the last three years. I mean, go back to Gunther Cunningham's first stint in Kansas City, and that's that's when the de- you could put it down to the defence. I mean, if we're honest as Chiefs fans, historically, since 2000, we haven't had good defenses. We've had middle of the road defenses and pretty good offenses. I question. No, I, 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 no, I, I, I'm going to question that. I think that's okay. Was it the 2016 team that was pretty good on defense? That was the year that Eric Berry come back, wasn't it? Um, that was, that defense was pretty good. Like I remember them holding the Pittsburgh Steelers that the killer bees to 18 points in a playoff game and field goals only. I know and you, I know you can talk about Le'Veon Bell running for 260 odd yards or whatever it was, but they still held them to 18 points. And if anything, it was the offense that didn't hold up their end of the bargain uh, during that time. But right now 
man, this defense sucks. It it really does suck. And Tyron Matthew, he's probably going to at me again <laughs> for, for call it for calling him out. But it's just come on, like make a play, like at least show show the world that the Chiefs aren't so one dimensional. But I just don't trust them to do it, and I just that's the reason why I don't think the Chiefs are going to make the playoffs. I'm sorry. I know we were meant to be talking about rankings. I just went off and talked about the playoffs. But right now, I just can't trust this team. And I just can't do it. And I think if come the middle of January, because it's later, obviously, this year, I think we're going to be watching the playoffs, like, not in Chiefs jerseys. We're going to be watching them at home and thinking that should be us. Well, I mean, if you look at the playoff picture right now, I mean, we're almost halfway through the season. And I'm looking at the standings as we speak. And... The Chargers and the Chargers are currently in second place in our division because they were on bye week. So you got the Chargers ahead of us in the wild card. You have the Ravens ahead of us, and you have the Browns ahead of us, and then you have the Steelers and Broncos tied with us, and the Patriots tied with us, and the Colts tied with us. So, so you're going to come out as one of the top two people in that whole situation. I mean, I don't think you come out on top of the Browns and Ravens at this point. No. I mean, I think I think at some point the Raiders are going to slide, and that my prediction is the Chargers will probably win the division. But you're not going to you're not going to finish the season better than the Ravens and Browns with the with the schedule that we have coming up. I mean, we still have to play the the Packers and the Cowboys. Do you think that those are going to be wins? No chance. At this not right point, now. or the Bengals, we still have to play the Bengals as well. The Bengals are playing lights out. Mm-hmm. But another team you have to look at is the the Patriots. Like I know they only just like beat the Jets. They beat the Jets fifty four, whatever it was, and that's a, that's a great win for them. But they can with Bill Belichick, and if Matt Jones turns it on, they're going to be on the playoff hunt. Carson Wentz seems to be working out a little bit better for the Indianapolis Colts these days. Like, and all of these teams are far more balanced than us. <laughs> far more balanced, maybe outside of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're 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 one dimensional the other way. But we've got to play them as well. <laughs> Still got to play them as well. Like it's just, it's a bad, bad situation for this team to be in right now. And I just, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not hopeful. Which is, which is bad considering I am quite the optimist in general when it comes to this, this particular Chiefs team. Well, and there's definitely players on this team that you love and you want to root for, and especially even on the defense. Um, we talked about Tyron Matthew a moment ago. You look, listen, he added you, you know, on Twitter. The thing is, is that the bulletin board quotes and talking about accountability and all this stuff is wonderful and the getting better every day. All these things are wonderful to talk about. But if there's no action on the field to back it up, mm. then it's just talk at that point. And I would love to see the action on the field. And this is no disrespect to anybody in the Chiefs locker room. I know they're working hard and I know they're all doing their best. Like, there's no part of me that thinks that this team is just not trying to win. But the fact of the matter is, is that you're in the NFL, you're in a very competitive industry, and right now you're not doing a good enough job at your job. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I would love to see just something on, to show us that there's that, that we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, we need to see it on the field. Like, I've, I'm not big on the whole talk thing because every team talks. 
every single team every single week says this 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 stuff these inspirational quotes like every single team has a huddle before the game where they get their hype man and they hype each other up like the jets would have done it this weekend they would have been up for the game beforehand uh we're gonna have our way with the patriots bloody 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 blah and then they concede 54 points the chiefs would have done it on sunday we're gonna stop derrick henry we're gonna stop ryan Tannehill. bloody blah blah we're gonna Dominate, 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 and then they go and get battered by the Titans. I'm, I'm, I'm not one for talking in general. I, I think, I think sometimes actions speak loud, louder than words, and none more so than what we need to see in the next few weeks. Anyways, let's look at next week because we digressed massively there. We were meant to be talking about power rankings. We ended up talking about <laughs> the doom and gloom of the Chiefs not make, not making the playoffs. Um, this week the Chiefs welcome in the New York Giants into Arrowhead um, for or Gerhard Field at Arrowhead Stadium, shall I say, for Monday Night Football. If I, if I remember rightly, I think the last time that the Giants played in Arrowhead was a game where Dexter McCluster had like an all-world punt return, if I remember rightly. Um, back when Dave Tube's special teams were really good, <laughs> back, back in the day. Uh, um, do you remember those days? Actually, I'll tell do, you what, you're talking about good defences. That 2013 defence was really good. That that was a good defense. So let me let me qualify. Yes, those defenses were were good. I, okay, I, the Chiefs haven't had a great defense, a, de- a defense where you where you count on them to win the game since back in the day. We're, we're talking. Yes, no, those no, 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 Rocky, no, Rocky. That 2013 season when Alex Smith was certainly what the Chiefs went nine and zero, and I they won those first nine games on the back of good special teams and defensive touchdowns. That's basically, I think the first game of the season, Tamba Harley got a safety against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then Eric Berry got a pick a pick six against Philadelphia in week two, was it? And then you had Giants against the Giants, Dexter McCluster getting a punt. Return. Like the, the Chiefs had a good defense. They had a good defense in 2013 that won them games. I've, I, think right. you, I think you need to admit that one. I looked it up. So in 2013, the Chiefs had the, uh, the 10th rate best ranked defense. So they were a top ten defense in 2013. What metric? Just barely. Yeah, but what metric are we talking about? Are you talking about yards, which is like the worst passing uh, metric, uh, worst defensive metric of the lot. It is <laughs> yards, isn't not- it? It's yards you're no. talking about, isn't it? It's <laughs> yards. It is yards. It is yeah, yards exactly. It's the worst. That's the worst metric to measure a defense on. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't stand it. Like for me, defensive. Metrics should be based on one thing, or maybe two things: turnovers, because that's the main thing. Watch they, which which makes them important, isn't it? Like especially in today's NFL, turnovers are king, and points allowed. That's it. Where do they rank on points allowed in that in that year? Oh, you're not gonna like this. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> All right. So the Chiefs, Chiefs, uh, 2013 defense on points allowed was. Let's see here. We'll go with points per game. They were sixth. Oh, there we go. Points per game. On points per game. There we go. There we go. Point proven. Point proven. Yeah. They were a good defense. They were a good defense. They were a good defense. I think that was the last true time. That was the last true time the Chiefs were heavier in terms of defensive talent as opposed to offensive talent. Anyways, I digressed again. Let's get back to the Giants game. <laughs> We've only got like, what, 10, 15 minutes left until we have to call it a day. Like, I apologise. I apologise. So the Giants come into Arrowhead on Monday night and 
despite what's happened in the last few weeks, the Giants were one of the teams that we actually had ranked lower than the, the Chiefs in the AP rankings. Is it fair to say, despite all of the problems, that this should be a get-right game for the Chiefs? Yeah, it should be a get-right game. They're missing their best player in Saquon Barkley. I mm-hmm. mean, there's their offense is pretty anemic without him. Um, Sterling Shepard is still out, I believe. I don't think he's back yet. I mean, so they should be. This should be a team that the defense should be able to keep in check. And I'm putting <laughs> that in a very bold, italicized, yeah. quotated "should." Yeah. But you don't. It, it should be a good right get right game. And then after this game, if the Chiefs play well, a lot of people will be saying, "Oh, look, the Chiefs got right. The Chiefs are good again." Duh. And it's going to be one of those things, just like after the Washington game, they're going to roll right in and play a good team again the following week, and it's going to be the Titans all over again. Yeah, I was about to ask that, actually. Like, how much can we actually take from the the Chiefs beating the Giants? Like, to me, it's like a no-win situation for the Chiefs. Like, if they beat the Giants, it's like, oh, great, you've done what you should have done. If they lose to the Giants... It's a disaster, and everyone's calling for people's heads. So, like, I, I don't, I don't, I personally don't think you can really take much from this game. I'm more interested in result over performance because even if they do play well, it's like, so what? The, the Packers are going to come into town the following week and hold a, like a, or give a completely different challenge. So, for me, first and foremost, Monday is about getting the win, getting to 500. Because if you lose Monday night, that you can kiss the playoffs goodbye. Well, 100%. And I think there's the old saying that people say, good teams beat bad teams. But that's not true. Average mm-hmm. teams beat bad teams. And good teams beat average teams. Yeah, yeah. You know? And that's how it's been so far. The Chiefs aren't a bad team. They're just an average team so far this year. Yeah. And so I expect them to go in and beat the Giants, and then roll in against a good team in Green Bay. And we'll see. They have an opportunity to prove us wrong and prove mm-hmm. that they de- deserve to be back in that good team tier. But they have to show we're – at, we're at that show-me phase, right? You know, we're not mm-hmm. at that – no more – we're not going to assume, it, you know, that you're good anymore. You have to actually prove it to us. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking back at 2017 when we last played the Giants in, in New York. And I think, I can't remember what game was first. It was either the Giants or the Jets, but it was a two-game stretch where we played both the New York teams and we lost quite badly to both of them, especially the Giants. Like, at the time, I think I think the Chiefs were rolling at that point in that, that 2017 season. And then, okay, granted, it wasn't Patrick Mahomes, but then Andy Reid took his Chiefs team into, into New York and basically just made a hash of the whole whole thing. And I, I think Travis Kelsey threw an interception in that game. I think it was one of those crazy <laughs> games. When, and I think the following week, Marcus Peters decides to throw a referee's flag into the crowd. It was it was a really weird stretch. It was a weird stretch. Took off his socks also, I think. <laughs> yeah. And then wanted to come back and play in his socks. Yeah. What, what a guy. I love Marcus Peters. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, really I mean, I like, I like that sort of attitude out of your defensive backs. You know, I think yeah. you have to have that sort of swagger to play defensive back Mm -hmm. in the NFL and sometimes it blows up on you but let me ask you a question so considering the sort of situation the Chiefs find themselves in where mistakes have been killing them right Mm -hmm. coming into this next two game stretch against the Giants and then the Green Bay Packers um, would you prefer to have a safer quarterback like an Alex Smith 
to get right to kind of control the bleeding a little bit at this point, or are you still rolling with your with your gunslinger Mahomes? And I'm not saying that I that I'm that I'm pro Alex Smith over Patrick Mahomes by any means. I just want to know your feelings on the situation. Rocky, 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 Rocky. No, I can't believe you just asked me that question. Like, come on. Come on, man. Like, we're talking about Patrick Mahomes here. Come on, like, he, yes, he's not playing the greatest football of his career. He's probably playing the worst football of his career. But guess who else has had bad stretches in their career? Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, you talked about early, gone through bad patches. The only way to get better is to carry on playing football. There is nothing to be achieved by benching Patrick Mahomes. What is he going to possibly learn from the bench right, right now as opposed to like being on the field and seeing what's going wrong. He has to experience it firsthand. I'm interested to see how Patrick Mahomes actually handles adversity because he said it the other day, it's all been flowers and rainbows for him since he's been in the NFL, which is entirely true. He has made us the most arrogant fan base in the entire NFL. Like the amount of crap that I'm getting at the moment from my friends are here in England because I've just been like Mahomes, uh, Mahomes, biggest fanboy for the last three or four years and like they are sick to death of me talking about like Patrick Mahomes on Sunday when he throws interceptions and plays badly I get sent gifts galore by all of my friends like they are loving this and there's no one more that I want to succeed right now than Patrick Mahomes so when he does turn it around because he will he will go on this revenge tour on the NFL and they will he will come after every single person that's ever said anything bad about him because we know he's petty like that We've seen it before with the count in his fingers and all of that. He is petty. He keeps it all up there in his head. When he does eventually go on this revenge tour, it is going to be beautiful because he is going to work out this cover two defense. I say work it out. It's not like it's his kryptonite. He's he's going to work some things out. He's going to get back on track. The offense is going to get back on track. It might not happen this year. But it will happen. And when it does, it's going to be wonderful. But the only way for it to happen is to keep him on the field. So while I appreciate the question and I understand why you would think that, there's no way in hell I could possibly like take Patrick Mahomes off the field, especially for someone that's like the anti-Mahomes in, in Alex Smith. Let me qualify that statement by saying I don't necessarily – I didn't think we should have, okay. have somebody like Alex Smith. No, I 100% agree with you. Good man, you answered the question correctly. I do not believe that you should ever take Patrick Mahomes off yeah. the field unless you're winning by 35 points. So, no, so I, to qualify, I just to so, you, so, to qualify, so you're qualified I, by saying you're not – backtracking you 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 agree with me you went yeah i agree with you 100 percent. all along i agreed with you i just wanted your your, your take on it um no 100 i don't before i get killed in the comments section yeah, no, yeah i think that patrick mahomes is the way to go it, it's not like it's not like oh um um doctor my friend has a problem type question <laughs> yeah. it's not like yeah, no. no 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 not at all not even not even slightly Oh god! Right, this 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 show. I'm getting I'm getting into it now. I'm I'm I'm, I'm happy. Forty five minutes in, and like I'm I almost automatically feel better about the Chiefs than I did forty five minutes ago. Like I come onto this show forty five minutes ago. All right, guys, how you doing? Yeah, let's talk about the Chiefs. Yeah, they suck all the way. But now when I'm started talking about Patrick Mahomes and the potential of Patrick Mahomes being really good again, I'm kind of like 
getting up. I feel myself. I might get onto my friends in a minute and just like start messaging like memes of my homes and stuff like that. Like, you know, really like G myself up before Monday night football. But anyways, back to Monday night football for the fourth time this show. <laughs> Who are the ones to watch on both sides of the ball this week? Well, I think if you if you start out with the Chiefs, I think the ones to watch is 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 Josh Gordon going to make an impact in the football game. I mean, I think that's one to watch. I think is Orlando Brown going to have a rebound game after a pretty rough passing pass protection outing last week um, mm-hmm. is another one to watch. And then on the defense, I mean, are we going to be able to generate any pressure? I mean, we're talking the whole front four. We just, we're going to have, if we can get Daniel Jones off his spot, um, he's pretty mobile. But if we can if we can put pressure on him and make him make just bad decisions, then we may be able to get a couple of turnovers because he is prone to tossing the ball away. Yeah, for sure. He, do you know he's their leading rusher and passer so far this season? Daniel Jones. He is. He is sneaky. They always say like somebody is sneaky quick, but he's not even sneaky quick. He is athletic. He's a yeah. pretty fast guy. You know, he doesn't look like if you see if you saw him on the street, you wouldn't say. You know, I would not be able to beat that man in a foot race, but yeah. I could absolutely not beat that man in a foot race. I, I hear that quite a lot, you know, being like a tall athletic guy myself. You're like, people go, oh, he doesn't look very quick. And they see me running and then they know he's lightning. No, that was a lie. When I run, it's like an earthquake. Um, you are. You're a premier <laughs> defensive back in, in <laughs> yeah, England. Yeah. Natty champ, Natty champ. And apparently an Emmy winner now, apparently as well. Yeah, <laughs> but no, yeah congratulations on your Emmy yeah. on your Emmy victory. <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't take credit for the Emmy. <laughs> I cannot do that. No, but I, 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 I'll shelve that one for when Brad's back because I no doubt he will definitely want to talk about that yeah. particular thing. Um, on the Giants, I'm looking forward to seeing how the Chiefs potentially abuse Reggie Ragland because like when Reggie Ragland was here, um, like we all know he can't stick around in coverage. We know he's bad in coverage. Like we've seen it firsthand whenever he got to passing downs, Reggie Ragland always got t- taken out. So if you see Reggie Ragland on the field, like do something, Andy Reid, like, like target that man. Like he's in the middle of that defense. Like, like make him run, make him vacate his spot, make him cover Travis Kelsey. If he has to make him cover, cover a running back, get clever. You don't want to go after like the likes, likes of Logan Ryan and the guys have got on the back, on the back, back end, like James Bradbury. They're, they're good players. They're going to get theirs. Target the weak links. Let's go after Reggie Ragnar. And that's what I'm looking forward to seeing what Andy Reid can do on Monday night. You know, to that, I would love to see, the Chiefs come out in like a jumbo formation, like a two tight end set, and yeah. then with like Noah Gray, and then just shift him out into the slot and make Reggie Ragland have to try to shift out into the slot and mm-hmm. defend and defend somebody in space. That would that would make me very happy to see the Chiefs do on Monday night. So we're predicting the Noah Gray breakout game. Like Carl Pitts has had his breakout now. Let's let's yeah. see the let's see TE two of uh, this draft class uh, breakout, shall we? Um, and yeah. on on the Chiefs side, I think I have to say Patrick Mahomes. Like I have to. He has to bounce back. He he's coming off the worst game of his career, and we need to see how he handles handles adversity. We just talked about it a minute ago. So for me, the one to watch is Patrick Mahomes defensively. I'd quite like to see if Tyron Matthew can get back to making splash plays. Like he's been good. He, like he's not been bad this year. He's been good and he's been let down by some of the guys around him. 
But this Chiefs defence, this particular Chiefs defence, plays best when Tyron Matthew is kind of been like that Swiss army knife they talk about and where he's making off-script plays and he's the one getting the turnovers. Yes, we saw against the Ravens where he got a couple of turnovers and unfortunately it didn't actually amount to a win. But let's see if Tyron Matthew can get back on track in that sense because we are so used to him being a ball hawk in and around the ball. Let's let, let's get him at the line of scrimmage. Let's get him jumping routes. Let's, let, let's, let's see the Tyron Matthew that we're so used to. Yeah, I mean... I would love to see the, the Tyron Matthew that we're used to. I mean, mm-hmm. the Tyron Matthew that we're used to is a, is a disruptive force, you mm-hmm. know, in the defense. And I think that if it's whether the fact that he feels like he needs to be in multiple places at once, or he's, you know, kind of trying to do everything he, since his first game back, he hasn't really been that disruptive force. He's been solid, like you said, mm-hmm. but he hasn't been that game changer. Yeah, do you think he's like suffering maybe the same similar sort of thing that we're saying about Patrick Mahomes, where there's such high expectations of them two personally that eventually the pressures are going to become too much and the expectations are going to become too much that they do begin to crack, and that's potentially what we're seeing in in both Matthew and Mahomes. Yes, I do. I think especially though in defense, you know, there's it's so hard to play. You know, it's so hard just to play in the secondary period. Mm-hmm. And you're you're at a disadvantage from the moment the ball is snapped. And then if you if you listen to you know kind of you know what he's been saying throughout the course of the year, if you compound that with people not lining up in the correct position, and then you're kind of caught in that middle ground of do I bail a little bit to go try to fix this problem and yeah. and, and, and account for it, or do I stay in my assignment and let the big play happen? You yeah. know, you know, do I do what's best for the defense? Or do I do what's best for me and my assignment? And if you get stuck in that middle ground, it's almost like, you know, a here nor there sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that, that doesn't help anyone. So 60 minutes is almost up. Well, it's probably going to be about 50 by the time we've cut down all the mistakes so far that I've made. Not you. You've been pretty squeaky clean so far. Um, you're, you've been turnoverless. Um, I have been full of turnovers so far this show. But that's what happens when you swap out the hosts. Um, let's get a prediction from you. Uh, what's going to happen on Monday night? Are the Chiefs going to get right? I mean, I'm I have pretty much been wrong every single time this year, you know, <laughs> uh, especially on my score prediction. But I think the Chiefs do get right. I think the Chiefs win by, you know, more than a touchdown. I'll say. I think it's. Okay. I think we win by a touchdown plus, um, and I think we score over thirty. That's what okay. I'll say. So I've predicted us to score over thirty every game so far this year. And I don't think we do it. I just don't. I think I think we're going to win. I do. But I just cannot escape this feeling of it being a nervy game. And I don't think it will stay nervy. I think it will be a nervy first half because of the things we've talked about before, like where the Chiefs will defer and they will go down early and then it'll be nervy. We might have a couple of failed drives and then we'll see what, see what happens there. But I think the Chiefs do win. I, I've got the Chiefs go getting to 27 points and the Giants getting to 17. Um, a 10-point win, like, I'll take that. I'll take that right now. But I don't, I, I don't think we're going to see the performance that many crave. But more importantly, we are going to get the result. And then they can look ahead to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers coming into our head on the following week. Because that's, that's really, that's going to be the game that tells us a lot about this team. Yeah, I mean, it's a State Farm Bowl, right? And yeah. So, <laughs> and so that's, uh, I mean, if it's, you hate to say it, you know, rolling into week nine, but it's 
it's the most important game on of the season. It's, that's that's the ultimate make or break point. If mm-hmm. we if we can beat Green Bay, then okay, we got a shot of climbing out of this. Mm-hmm. If we if regardless if we beat the Giants this week, which we need to do, we have to beat the Giants, you know. Um, but if we lose to Green Bay, it's a moot point. We're still under five hundred at that point. Mm-hmm. But if we if if we beat the Giants and then beat Green Bay, then we're back above five hundred and we've shown that we can beat a good team that's not the Browns and, and we have a way forward. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Right. That's all we've got time for. That's what he normally says, doesn't he? Uh, Well, well, thank you for coming on Rocky. I enjoyed that. Um, I'm kind of hoping now that Brad goes on more holidays so we can get you in. We've got you down as first reserve. Now you are now backup to us. You are that first backup. And then, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I might have to go and see Brad up north and kick him in the knees or something like that or kick him in the throat so we can't talk. <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, uh, the Great British Chiefs show is uh, low-key. I was a total fanboy before I joined Arrowhead Pride, <laughs> and I listened to every single episode. So being on here is basically, you know, a podcast bucket list item for me. So thank you oh, for mate. having me. Oh, thank you. Thank you for making that up on the fly and telling me lies, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, right now, Rocky, it's been nice it's been nice talking to someone that's slightly more knowledgeable than than Brad. <laughs> because um, he, he wears his heart on his sleeve, bless him, and I wouldn't have him any other way. But um yeah, no, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure and I thank you very much. If you do want to leave us a rating and review, please head over to Apple Podcasts and tell us what you think. Maybe leave us a review on this particular show. Give us five stars and tell us how great Rocky was and how you want him back. But all that's left to say is, from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.